everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Tackle What's Next, where we chat with athletes and executives around how sport has made an impact and changed the course of their lives and the lessons that they've learned in life outside of the game. I'm your host, Danielle Berman. I am the founder of Tackle What's Next, where we work to change the narrative around life after sports. So excited to have you here tonight. Tonight we are talking to April Sykes. I'm so thrilled to have her here. As we all know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, and April is a staunch mental health advocate for athletes and non-athletes. Uh, she's a former NBA, excuse me, WNBA and international pro basketball player. She graduated from Rutgers University. Now she's a skills development trainer. She works with both male and female athletes to help them work for their own pro and uh, NBA, WNBA careers. Um, and she's provided a lot of mentorship to those players. And she's an outspoken mental health advocate. I've been seeing her during Mental Health Awareness Month posting through her Psych Serenity platform some great tips um, and interviews that she's been doing herself. So really excited to talk to her about that. And her brand, Psych Serenity, aims to raise awareness and express the importance of mental health in our society through fashion. Her goal is to create a safe environment for people dealing with mental health challenges and really help people understand the importance of therapy and really focusing in on our mental health. So she's been an advocate. She shared her story on our platform and on many other platforms, um, talking about being an athlete and navigating mental health and the challenges she's faced during her career. Um, and she really just hopes to encourage everyone to prioritize their mental health, really use therapy if it's helpful for them and become better mentally. So I'm thrilled to talk to April. Uh, like I mentioned, really uh, gearing up for Mental Health Awareness Month. It's already May 10th, so excited to hear what she's been doing and uh, get into her story a bit. Hey. Hey, April. What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Well, we so appreciate you being here. Love the hat, by the way. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, I want to start because it's we talked about Mental Health Awareness Month. I've been seeing some awesome posts from Psych Serenity and from your platform. Tell me what you're doing, why you're posting some of these interviews, thoughts, tips, just around mental health, and give me a little background on that. Well, you know, it's I always it's day to day conversations I have with my friends, and I'm like huge on content, but sometimes like I have to be in that in that mode. I have to be in that space to even create the content and those are like everyday conversations that we have unknowingly like i had a literally did the video last sunday me talking to myself about mental health and mm. when i tell people to go get therapy those are the same questions i get all the time people held back and like sometimes it's just the information and education on it helps so many people because i know me being who i am like i've always been kind of like an outspoken person and I've always stood and like my personality is strong. So I'm always a person that's sure myself for the most part. So for me to openly talk to people about it and then I'm a cool person, like people out there may say or not, but I'm a cool person. So for me to be like this funny outgoing person that also can dig deep and open up and tell people like, yo, like I went through that or yeah, I go to a life coach or I do certain things to help my mental health and stuff. It's so important to me to have those conversations with people yeah well and i'm curious to know like was this something you were always really big on doing is this a process that you've come into i mean tell me a little bit about your journey and maybe let's start from the beginning you know you, you you've 
played basketball for a long time. Was that your first sport? Did you play a lot of different sports to find basketball? Let's just start from the very beginning and dig into how we got where we are today. I come from an athletic family. So all my mom, aunties played basketball, college basketball. Uh, uncles played baseball, football. Okay. I live on the street. The entire street is my family. Like, I tell, I joke with people all the time. If you ever came down my family street with beef, you're, you're in for a rude awakening, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally my grandma, auntie, extended family, great auntie down the street. And so, like, every weekend, every day as kids, we used to just, one day it'll be kickball, one day it'll be baseball, one day it'll be volleyball, one day it'll be football. Every day is basketball. Every Sunday, I used to grow up playing with my brothers and older cousins. Every Sunday was our, it was like a family ritual. So, and my dad, he loved basketball. I grew up around going to watch my auntie and mom playing church leagues and stuff like that. So it was just like, it was, it felt like, and I just fell in love with it. You know, losing my dad at a young age, that was the way I stayed connected to him because he loved basketball. Mm -hmm. So I would watch watch his old tapes a lot of Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Dale Dawkins, and all of the former greats. And I just became a student of the game. I became obsessed with it. Like, I tell anybody that want to be great at anything, you got to have some type of obsession when it comes to it. So, and I've been playing with men all my life. I used to go up to Mississippi State, where I'm from, and play with the men's team. I used to play with men at the rec center. Like, I just grew up around basketball. Yeah. And and when you were going to Rutgers or when you're going through high school, how did you decide, I want to go and actually take basketball and make it my one focus, my career, my next step, right? You're obsessed with it. But was there a deciding factor where you were like, no, this is what I want to do. This is my what I want my career to be versus just that fun excitement, you know, that, that kind of family tradition of basketball. How did you see that kind of becoming the path that you were going down? Well, it's, it's kind of weird for me because like, I'm a country girl. When I say country, like, um, I didn't know much about WNBA. Only thing I knew about WNBA was, like, Houston Comets. Mm -hmm. And um, just growing up, and later I loved college basketball because of Mississippi State. So I used to go watch Tan White, Latoya Thompson. I grew up in that space. So I always, like, envisioned myself – in college more so than the league. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be a pro and work to be good. I just loved the game of basketball. I didn't really have a sense of direction until I got into like AU. I didn't start playing AU until like 15 years old. I okay. got to because I'm from the country, Southern girl. My family doesn't really trust me with <laughs> strangers to them, you know. So it was really, it was really different for me. Yeah. Like, I, I can sit up here and tell a story like from day one when I picked with the ball, I said, I can envision hearing my name on WBA draft day. I did it. I wasn't that kid. I just loved the game of basketball, whether I was playing outside on rocks, at the rec center, and organized basketball. It was just something that I genuinely loved. Like, it's, it's forever evolving. Yeah. And I love that because I think sometimes we put so much pressure on that that journey of, like, this has to happen for me. And I think maybe that's part of the reason why you weren't able to take it so far is because it was more about your your love of basketball and what basketball was doing for you than where it could take you. But my, my question, I guess, is what impact has basketball made on you and, and, and your life now? I mean, do you see parts of you that exist now that wouldn't have without basketball? Is there skills or things that you kind of find popping up in your life that you're like, basketball gave this to me? Relationships. 
Um, I pride myself on having genuine relationships with people. I've met amazing people in, in on different continents, in different parts of the world because of the game of basketball. Like I didn't, I didn't grow up in a family that had passports. You know, um, we considered traveling from Mississippi to St. Louis and Atlanta, and you know, just domestic places going out of town. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> So it was like for me to be a girl from a small town, I had like probably 200 and some people in my high school. Like I didn't go to a place where resources just were at my disposal. It was kind of like, it just had to, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe because I've been to some amazing places to be a girl to graduate from a 1A, from a 1A school and with 200 and some people from my hometown where I'm from, where I literally joke all the time, I got one stop sign, one um, street light, <laughs> you know? It is, it's amazing the things I have accomplished. I graduated, I had a graduating class of 24 people in high school. And wow. to be able to go to Egypt, Germany, um, Paris, uh, Mexico, uh, Australia, I mean, I'm forever grateful. And the relationships, the people I met, it, that's the most important thing I think came from it. Yeah. And I think it's really awesome to see what basketball has given you. And, you know, I think from the other side, it's you've really been intentional about creating and building those relationships. And it sounds like to this day from the things you're doing, the things you're talking to people about. And so I'd love to to hear how did you decide to start talking about the mental side of things? Because obviously we all have struggles with our mental health but i think for athletes specifically there's a a larger stigma i would want to say than maybe the traditional kind of non-athlete feels about talking about that simply because you're supposed to be strong and tough and you know kind of stick it out and and push harder push harder and i think the other pressure is like if you can't do it somebody else is ready to step in so I'd love to hear how that became something you became, you know, mental health and speaking out about it became something you were so passionate about. Was it something that you struggled with that you had to really kind of figure out how am I going to talk about this and deal with this in my own life and want to pass it on to others? Or tell me a little bit about how that got started for you in terms of the advocacy work you're doing. Um, Oh, that's, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, I think me, with my person, like I said, I'm usually the life of the party and have so much personality. So when I saw a shift in my personal um, everyday uh, behavior, um, not wanting to be around people, not wanting people to see me struggling because I've always been the person that was always had to have it together. As an athlete, we were supposed to be superheroes. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, my first, First injury when I was cut from the WNBA really put a lot of things into perspective for me. For so many years, I was able to just cope with my dad's suicide by like, just go play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my sanctuary. I could just not think about it, not worry about it. Um, ignore the trigger signs and all that trauma I carried with me for so many years dealing with that. I, I was aware of it, but also it was a blind spot for me. And it, it was something I struggled with a lot and being overseas, we have nothing but time overseas as pro athletes. You know, from my, my experience of being a top player coming out of high school to college, my life just has been moving fast to the WNBA, mm. WNBA season until I was really had to sit down and deal with it. I didn't have basketball. I didn't want to be seen by my other peers because I was cut from the WNBA. Like, that's 
that was supposed to be the next step after college for yeah. me, you know. I was back home in my mom's room and I was just struggling so bad and I really had to deal with what I was dealing with and not make any more excuses and and when you you're deep in depression, sometimes we don't know we're depressed, but we'd be depressed until after we get out of it and you just start learning and you start talking with therapists and then you be like, dang, like Oh, I was depressed when I was feeling like that, or mm -hmm. that was depression when I was eating or not eating or sleeping. I want to talk to people, and it was just as humans, we just feel like it's a normal emotion. So it really made me tackle a lot of that overseas because I have so much time in my own head, like so much time. So it was really important for me to start researching and start trying to understand myself because talking to people overseas. People would share with me, but in my mind, I'm always like innovative. So I'm kind of like, people need to hear this. Like, people need to know this. If I had somebody at my young age growing up to talk to me and guide me, maybe I would have not been considered this type of kid or mm -hmm. always having an attitude. And like, I struggle with that, like even in adulthood, because it's, it's, a, it's a sign of realizing, oh, I may just be sensitive to certain things and not thinking like, oh, you get angry when it comes to everything. It was, it was just really just learning myself, like being trapped away with myself and really trying to figure out because when it becomes you, you automatically put it on to other people in your life unknowingly, mm -hmm. not always on purpose. And it can grow into something else if you don't take care of it. Mm. So many good takeaways there. I think one, just like sport being your coping mechanism for things that you haven't dealt with or just haven't had the tools to know how to deal with some of this stuff. I think there are so many athletes out there that when sport ends, they realize how much of their just escape was through their sport, that they got to kind of step away from what was going on outside of their sport, whether it was family, whether it was financial, whatever the stresses going on in their life was, that sport is this kind of like, I can let it all out on the court or on the field and I can feel better and I can get that out. Um, so that's one thing. And then just the learning about yourself. I think there's so much, it's so, it's so simple, right? It's not a complex theory, but like the idea of just understanding why you feel something, why some things may be triggering you to have kind of a negative reaction, those kinds of things is so important, but yet none of us really take the time to dig deep enough to do it. And so I think it's really, you know, it's it's a great piece of advice I think you shared just in your story of like getting to know yourself takes time. And when you have a lot of time, that's a good place to start. It's like, all right, wow, let me talk to somebody and see why am I getting an attitude anytime somebody brings this up? Or why do I react so negatively when I'm just making this up? My mom says X to me, you know, like it's just those things. If you get to know yourself, you can kind of see it as a as a reaction versus like oh i am this person it's like no i just have this sensitivity or i have this thought so i appreciate that and you know i think you've been a big proponent for going to talk to somebody whether it's a therapist or a coach or something you know having that um that therapy in your life if it works for you can you tell me why is it so important to you to encourage other athletes and just people in general to seek mental health resources to find that support um, and, and what got you started really, you know, with the Psych Serenity brand and just really trying to build a movement around mental health and, and mental health awareness? 
Well, it was kind of weird that on your last question, I'm going to answer that one first. Mm -hmm. um, usually when I always get an injury, I go get um, a tattoo. <laughs> you see I have tattoos. Uh, anytime, uh, getting tattooed is kind of like a form of therapy for me as well. I don't condone everybody, kids out there to go get tattoos, but that's that what I like yeah. to do. I didn't get my first tattoo until my sophomore year of college. Um, and it was just like I, had re I realized every time, like, I was dealing with some, I would always all of a sudden spontaneously jump up and be like, I want to go get a tattoo. And I started trying to understand. I'm a person that kind of like, if I'm watching a TV show or watching a movie, I'm trying to figure out A, B, C, D, like all the way through, like why everything connects. So why not do that with myself when I knew, like I'm not one of those people that is oblivious to my behavior. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, dang, I probably should have not said it, but why did I see it? Like, what caused me to feel that way? What caused me to react that way? What caused me to say it that way? And it was just like when I started tapping into all those different things and I just started just watching everybody around me, it was like I was in the matrix almost. And it was just like I was seeing myself outside of myself almost. Mm. And it was kind of like, how can I try to fix this? Well, I'm not a traditional person, so let's talk to a therapist. But let's go to the doctor first. Let's go to Doc to get a consultation and see what all is going on and ask questions about my family that they necessarily weren't comfortable at answering, but I needed to know. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm from the country, so they say, oh, she's taking her nerve pills. It's funny now that I laugh about it, but it's like, oh, that's for anxiety. Like, in the country, the whole time when you get older and get more educated on things that are being said around you, I'd be like, all that time they used to be like such and such take nerve pills or whatever name they give it. That was an anxiety pill. Mm. Like that was like a Xanax or whatever that they take. And it's so funny now because I was like, so mental health has been like a thing, but we have never um been educated on. You know, yeah. we we not told, we only told enough. And so it's so important for me with therapy, um having people understand there's different forms of therapy. Talking with your friends and your peers and just discussing real life things and feelings and emotions, that's therapy. Everybody watch um, Hitch and all these movies out here that has people on the couch spilling their um, whole life journeys and stuff and struggles and stuff, and they, they get scared with that, you yeah. know? And it's just like educating people and, and making it cool. Like, therapy is cool. I have this... Uh, Actually, this shirt that I've been working on, it says therapy is cool, therapy is dope. Like, why put so much on it? Um, and even a life coach, like, it's so many different outlets out here now, and people are becoming more aware of it. Like, even self-help, just working out is a form of therapy. Yeah. I love that the perspective that there's so many different forms of therapy, because people hear therapy and they go like, oh, no, nope. <laughs> Not for me. I don't need. I don't need a doctor to tell me what's going on. I don't need to shrink. You know that kind of stereotype. But I love that you're saying like conversations is therapy with your friends and family. Like working out can be therapy. Like there's there's a lot of levels. And we had a conversation the other day around this with some athletes, and that one of the one of the um, athletes said like you have to figure out what works for you, right? Like it's what works for you isn't going to work for somebody else. And so like what works for you, April, might not work for somebody else. But there's a lot of variations to what it could be. So I appreciate that perspective and. You know, tell me more. You have the shirt. Like, what Psych Serenity is about, and what you're trying to do with the brand and the clothes, and then where you'd love to see it go. Tell me more about that. 
It's more expanding. Like I, I don't like the boxing in as being for athletes, but I am an athlete, and it's a, it's a loss. Um, it's people that really need to be educated and make feel comfortable because we've been told to be a certain way our entire life. So it was kind of like psych serenity created. I went and ran. I don't know. It was like randomly one day I got serenity tattooed on me, and then during COVID, I was in my apartment when I got back from overseas. And I was just like, all right, the time is now. But I've always put off other things I wanted to be into or passionate about because of basketball. So now we're in the house. So let me sit up here, get on TikTok, be creative, be my, um, express my personality by being funny, but also getting a message across. Mm -hmm. And I think people sometimes when stuff is like, I used to be one of the people when it's too serious. I'm like, all right. And now when it's more, now I can meet athletes on a different level because we always have to be serious or we always have to be a certain type of person. So now if I can speak your language and also get a message across to you, it is received better mm -hmm. than like a lecture about, man, well, this is why you should go to therapy. <laughs> and it's just, and, and that's not even my personality. So it's important, it's important for me to be my authentic self through Psych Serenity, with my clothing brand, and always protecting myself, telling people it's okay to be selfish when it comes to your mental health. Um, I think I grew, and even through my clothing brand, I've made so many relationships with people, and they see it, and they be like, oh, what is that? I be like, because even if it say I choose me, like the simplest, like ad-lib words can like change a person's perspective on themselves, on how they treat others. And I think with me, I started becoming better in life when I realized the the laws of the way of life, and it's kind of like, in order for some people to be happy, some people are gonna get hurt. Mm -hmm. And in order for you know people, some people to be successful, that means somebody else had to fail in a sense. So when I started realizing that's just the way of life, some people not choosing me is me being happy. I may offend or hurt some other people, protecting myself and choosing my happiness over other people, but that's that's a part of life. Like it's it's not on purpose. And but it was just I got better with my mental health because I didn't like the way I was with other people and mm -hmm. and my own thoughts or how I felt about myself and things I used to speak upon that I didn't want to come into existence, but it was kind of like cynical. And it yeah. was like, sometimes our words, I, my grandmother, God rest her soul, I always had us read the daily news about the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. So it was like speaking your truth, speak on things that you want to exist and not hinder you in life and stuff like that. And as I grew older, you know, as a kid, you're like, all right, grandma, I don't want to go pray now. Like, she yeah. make all of us outside read a verse before we can go play. So now as I get older, I real life, like, remember and I understand, like, why she used to always have us reading it over and over and it's even how you use your tongue towards other people not just on yourself like people will be like oh words don't have power they hold a lot of power with how you make people feel out here and the people people remember that the most mm -hmm. they remember how you yeah. made them feel yeah well and i think your the message too is like how you talk to yourself and the words you use about yourself is so important too because choosing yourself and prioritizing yourself like those are things that we've been taught not to do or that it's selfish, right? Like, oh, well, you know, choosing yourself or putting yourself before others is selfish. But I'm sure this euphemism is used all the time. But, like, 
you really do have to take care of yourself and put your own oxygen mask on before you can help other people with theirs because eventually you're going to run out of juice or oxygen, whatever the euphemism you're using is, and then you're not going to be able to help anybody. And so I think it's that changing that perspective of like choosing me or prioritizing myself being selfish and really saying like in order to show up and be kind and generous and helpful to other people, I need to do that to myself first. So I'm not coming stressed, tired, and then saying something like you said, that might make someone feel not, not great. You don't want to intentionally do that. But I also love what you said around like, choosing you is going to make some people upset, because you're not choosing them. And I think that's something that myself as a people pleaser, like I always want to make people feel good and feel like I'm helping them. But there are times where I have to be like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or, you know, I, ha I, I won't be able to support that. And it's, it's hard and people take that, you know, as they need to. But I think you're right. The more you choose yourself and the way you talk to yourself about it, like, I'm doing this for me. And I'm not like trying to hurt this person, but I needed to do this because I need X. So I think that's a really good perspective to share. And I wonder too, like what advice you have for athletes that might be experiencing some of those things you brought up earlier around realizing they don't have their sport to cope anymore or realizing that they do have some, you know, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, these feelings that they want to talk about, you know, what advice would you give them to just start thinking about like, whether it's getting help, whether it's talking to teammates, talking to a therapist, whatever, like, what, what would your advice be to somebody that says, like, I think I'm struggling, but I don't know where to where to start? What do I do first? I think um, I had this conversation with someone the other day, and I think it's the same pedigree we have to as a kid when we first picked up whatever ball we played with, basketball, the 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 drive to want to go out there and learn how to right hand dribble and lay the ball up and all of the foundational things and fundamentals and stuff, it's the same way you have to take a step back and, and dissect things when it comes to your mental health. Like you gotta go do it to just figure out. All right, this is still. A. Step A is right-hand dribbling. Uh, step B is actually understanding what's going on with you, your, tra your trauma, your triggers, setting your boundaries, and being comfortable with talk talking to somebody, whomever the person is. Like I didn't say talk to a therapist, but you can talk to There's so many people out here that understands this now because everybody's uh, like more aware of mental health and how important it is and it plays a lot of part in our society and i think like just with that it's time like it's like it's a beginner basketball player that's the analogy i'm gonna use i can't expect when i first pick up a ball to go out there and be who i am today or who i became as a player so it's kind of like with your mental health you can't go into a therapy session with a life coach uh whatever you're going to get help at and think that one time you're going to hit a home run or you know hit a game winning shot so it's kind of like it, it, it's hard and I wouldn't tell people that it's easy because I'm in full transparency it's, it's hard getting to know yourself and understanding yourself as athletes we're told who we are 100% of the time yeah. and like when I started really realizing like with my mental health I didn't know who I was I know what, what I can do I, I knew who I was for as people to, hey, man, you, you such and such, and this is what you, I remember watching, all I knew was what other people planted in my head. I never thought, I never was like, who am I? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do uh, meditation now with uh, Dr. 
have you heard of Deepak? Yep. He has like meditation videos and I love him because he has like a seven minute meditation video. And it was like, who are you? Who am I? Repeat your name. And I think it's so important because as athletes, we, we're considered cocky, but we're very insecure. Extremely insecure to the point where we don't have other people in the arena telling us who we are. We're lost. And that's something that made me really focus on. I need to figure out, like, I know what I'm good. I know my characteristics. I know my pedigree as a person, but, like, who am I? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I change? And with athletes and everybody out there, not just athletes, go, I recommend go to a doctor, um, ask your physician, ask your, your sports team, um, PT, ask one, like, just ask the question and you'll be sent in the right direction because they have a lot of things in college now for kids dealing with mental health. And it's just like, it's sad to see college kids dying from like mental health issues and um, suicide. And that's hard. I just think about being a kid back in college and days when I was just going through it the most. And it was just like, those are real emotions. Those are real feelings. And parents, don't really know like yeah. sometimes they just want to see us be successful and it a lot comes with it and i just recommend everybody as an athlete whomever out there just just go take care of you uh we go get pedicures and get our hair done and <laughs> you know we go get all this maintenance our mind is the most important maintenance and and it's it's and you feel better like me, I suffer from bipolar, so it's kind of like some days in anxiety. I'm always like anxiety is it, it's just a part of me. So it's kind of like I understand it's going to be days when it's just like it's hard for me mm -hmm. and it's challenging. And I became better with expressing that with people. And a lot of us, we think, oh man, maybe they're gonna make fun of us or maybe they're not going to take it serious. I've been better because a lot of times I used to get attitudes with people and like be real snappy because I'm afraid to let them know what's really going on with me. And once I sat back and dissected it, I was like, well, I ain't really mean. I just ain't want them to know like I'm dealing with this or today is Father's Day or mm -hmm. today is my dad's birthday or just so many layers to it. And that's what really is important for athletes because we have this mask on yeah no it's such it's such good advice and i think the the big takeaway i got is like it's it's uh, it's hard like it's not a quick fix it's not like show up to an appointment or have a conversation and like we did it checked it off the list it's like cons continual constant management and and like really focusing just Again, you mentioned, like, we take care of ourselves, we go, you know, maybe we get our hair done, maybe we get, you know, maybe we get a pedicure, maybe we go to the doctor every year, like, we need to be managing our mental health. It's not like a quick, like, I went to a therapist one time, or I had a conversation one time, and now all of my worries are done, and I'm all set. So I appreciate you sharing that, because I think people get overwhelmed by saying, like, well, how do I solve the problem? Just like you were talking about earlier, like, how do I connect to the dots and get to the end? But it really is a journey like you, you really have to buy into the fact that like you're getting to know yourself like you said like you spend a lot of time with yourself in your own head and it's like 
I need to know who I am and I need to, that's not an overnight sensation. Like you're probably still getting to know things about yourself. And, you know, it's, I think that's a, a really good perspective to take is like, look, you just need to step your toe into the water and just start doing something because it's a, it's a long-term process that I think all of us athlete or not need to go through to really better deal with our mental health. Cause I think that's a really, really good perspective of like, there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. But if you have those tools that you're talking about, you can really start to manage those bad days a little better. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And one more thing I wanted to ask you around this front, and I know we're, we're right at time, but I wanted to talk to you about mental health awareness month, all the things that we kind of been talking about, right? There's so much momentum around mental health and, you know, I wanted to see like, what do you think the future looks like? Are we, are, I know we still have a long way to go, but like, what are you most excited about in terms of just, I guess, the cultural shift around mental health and how it is getting a lot more frequent that people have these discussions? Would be curious to hear what you think. I think it start with, um, I think our generation of millennials or Gen Z, we're way more in tune. And I, I hope it gets better because with a lot of these social media platforms, these younger kids are exposed to so much. Yeah. Like, I see a lot that, like, de depression and suicide is, like, becoming a trend. Mm -hmm. And it's so unfortunate. It's, it, it breaks my heart because I see it, and I have younger cousins that's on TikTok, that's on, social, that's on Instagram, Facebook, and they're exposed to all these things to where it's becoming popular in a negative way. And kids are like, yeah, it's okay to have your emotional um, feelings and stuff, but it's never okay to just end your life. Yeah. And and that's something that's a, it's an epidemic right now. And I just hope with the transition we're going into, we'll create more spaces, safe spaces for kids, for parents, because generational trauma is real. Um, I'm a product of it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, and even educating our parents, I, I like the fact that my mom and I was able to have a conversation one time, like dealing with my dad's suicide. Like we never had conversations as a kid. It's just, I knew it happened. She felt I blamed her, mm -hmm. but I was just a kid. And when I got older, I understood it from an adult perspective. Like my mom lost her husband. Mm -hmm. Like I lost my dad, but she lost her husband. So it was kind of like how, how can you understand it? I mean, at a young age like that, you just hurting your kid missing your dad. But it's just like from that aspect of it start with the parents making it okay. My mom went and talked to the therapist and she texted me one day and she was so relieved from it. And it made me happy because I was like, I always told her like, it's cool, it's all right. I'm from the country. So they feel like, oh, let's go to church. <laughs> We're gonna figure out it in church. So I think well, the direction is going now to get our parents our parents going and making it okay and especially with the youth making them understand and educating them and changing the narrative out here with so much false information being put out about mental health too and making sure because kids today they're, they're so fragile yeah you know what and it, it sucks to say but it's the reality of the life that we're in right now and um a lot is going on in the world like Texas shooting, school shootings. It's just so much that me as a sensitive person, I, I got to get off Instagram when all that's going on. And it's kind of yeah. like, I got to the point where I don't want to make it seem like I don't care about it, but at the same time, I can't, I can't consume it because it'll, it'll take a part of me that I would not like because it's like with, with mental health, 
is is used in the wrong way sometimes, and I want that to change yeah. because it, it makes it hard on a lot of us out here um, as athletes or just humans in general. So I hope that that gets better and that people start accepting it more. Like it's talked about here and there because it's popular now, but how many people are really like, yo, this is better for you if we've been giving ourselves medicine for years. Oh, this will make your headache go away. So it's kind of like that started when you, you go to grandma's house and she give you Tylenol, med, med, kids medicine. It just, and it starts with that, like yeah. making it okay to have those conversations. Like just having that mm-hmm. conversation with people can save lives. Um, it can it can save you and other people around you because you, you may feel better. Like sometimes I just, I appreciate people in my life because I'm like, bro, I just got, I got to get it out. Like, I just got to go off whether I want to yell, scream, scratch and claw. If I get it back, I mean, if I get it out, I feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And making people not be so desensitized towards that feelings. Those those feelings. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, I was going to say, it's like people are chiming in, like powerful. And it's, it is, like, I think you're right. You brought up a lot of great points that, we still have such a long way to go. And we also don't want a fad of mental health to become like it's just popular right now because people are talking about it. And then in a year, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, no, that's not cool anymore. You know, so I think there's that. How do we make it sustainable? And how do we actually create systems to give people the support when they want to take action that there is someone there that can help them or a support system that can help them and you know, I appreciate that perspective because I think we do still have quite a long way to go. But like you said, like, let's hope that these conversations are starting to trickle down and we're getting some more progress made. And I know you're you're a big part of that. So before we wrap, I want to give people a chance to know, like, if they want to grab a shirt or some merch from Psych Serenity, if they want to learn more about what you're doing on the mental health side, like, where can they follow and find you and how can they support what you have going on? Um, you can find me at Sykes Twenty Four Serenity, at, not at Gmail. That's that's my email. <laughs> uh, at uh, my Instagram is Sykes Twenty Four Serenity. Uh, my training page is Slush Pro Twenty Four. Personal page is Slush Twenty Four. Um, I think I have a TikTok. I think it's I don't know. I have to get better with it. I have so many like. It's a lot. But um, my my clothing brand, I hope to get my nonprofit up and running because the problem with a lot of people with mental health is health health insurance. How do you pay for it? Um, Even mental health facilities, Mm -hmm. uh, they're costly. And just being able to create that space for athletes, um, being able to to afford to talk to a therapist and working with more uh, therapists and therapists life coaches that are willing to help people and and not be about a money grab and stuff like that. So is it creating those platforms and avenues for people, kids, athletes, especially my younger athletes and my WNBA uh, women. Um, I, I think it was special when Raquana Williams came out and shared her story mm-hmm. because uh, we'd be like is, oh man, what's she at? What happened to such and such? And these people can be in a dungeon crying their eyes out, struggling while the whole world out here is judging them for not being, mm. not having their business out or not oversharing with them. And I think it sucks, but that's the life that we signed up for and stuff. But like, that's what 
about, I just want to continue to make my videos, make people laugh, but also educate them, um, be, still be creative in my clothing brand. And I, I'm actually doing a uh, women's pro league this summer. Yeah, like, that's right, I saw league. that. Yeah, so I have a, a lot going on and I have the mental health people coming in to like speak with them because overseas is hard for us. Um, yeah. And even with that like having mental support for players overseas is something like I've been looking into trying to figure out how I can make that of service to them because it's it's different and you you can't really call home and talk to your family about it because it's they won't get it yeah you have to you have to go through it to really understand how taxing it is on your mind and your body so it's just continuing to Make therapy cool, make mental health cool in a way that people want to get it taken care of, not cooling as in, I feel like I have to over explain these days because people take everything out of context, but not cool in a way where you want something to be wrong with you because right. that's, as a person that been diagnosed with bipolar depression, um, ADHD and anxiety, is exhausting. Like some days, most of the time, like, I'm tired and I don't know why. And I just be, and I lay down for like 40 minutes and let my mind rest and I get back up and I'm good. Like it's exhausting, like dealing with so many emotion, emotions daily and still having to deal with people at a yeah. high frequency. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I can only imagine. And I think the, the point you're making too is like it is such a, a topic that people get a little concerned about. Like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing and I don't want to do the wrong thing. But I love how you're like, no, I'm, I want to put this message out there. I'll explain it and, and make sure people are understanding what I'm saying. But I think at the end of the day, too, like we we need people like you that are going to be themselves, put out their authentic personality, but also, like you said, put that message behind it of like, therapy is cool. It's okay to do this stuff. Like, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to choose yourself because it is so important. And I think having folks like you that have a platform and have these people around you that can help spread that message is so important because even if you just reach one person or two people or three people, like you said, it can save their lives or change their whole perspective. So I appreciate that. And I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's always hard and you're always going to have people that kind of come after you or say, Hey, you did this wrong or you did this wrong. But as long as you're doing it from like an authentic way mm -hmm. and from like a, a really purposeful, like I'm doing this for the right reasons, like it only matters that you are comfortable with what you're saying, what you're putting out there and the message you're sharing. And so I think that's just another great piece of advice is just like, we need the message and you're, you're working hard to push it out there. And, you know, among all the other things that you have going on. So it's just, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and then just the message you're trying to yeah. share with, with athletes and the work you're trying people, to do. People don't realize my clothing brand be having a message within a message. <laughs> All my designs are purposely done like that. Like the way love is here, yeah. but it's I choose me. I choose me is really like the the focus point. Or even um, my alien that say I mentally can't f with you. Yes. On the back, on the back, um, it actually say mental health is wealth. So every person that falls in love with the front of the shirt, they don't even really care what's on the back. <laughs> They're sold by the dope design on the front and and inside his brain and say I can't. So it's like the small little details. And even in my world, I have like basketball, money, family, and stuff like that. 
and mental health and the ribbon, like all the small details, it's a message within the message every time. Like I've always been like big on when I work on my clothing brand, like, well, I know people go by because of the alien and they say I mentally can't F with you. People love shirts with curse words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's no good for my, my, my kids audience, but it works for my adults. Yeah, yeah. You know, my peers. But on the back it say mental health is wealth. So by the time they didn't made it to the club or wherever they wearing it, people walking behind and looking at the mental health is wealth part. And that's the message that's really being put out there. Like, yeah, I can't mess with you because my mental health is wealth is important to me. So it's it's just I'm gonna continue to sit in my apartment and, and create a bunch of things and um start being more attentive and more um intentional with children's mental mm -hmm. health and stuff because I have kids in my family that are older now and they talk to me and they're very expressive now and mm -hmm. like I said I can go to TikTok and see four depressed kids on TikTok that's making uh, videos about depression and like it sucks to talk about it but it's reality and, and expressing and wanting to kill themselves and these are the conversations that we have to have with the youth the hard yeah. conversation is like I'm on TikTok to keep up with what my little cousins have going on half of the time because I want to see what they're seeing so yeah. I can know what's in their environment and what they're being exposed to because kids today is like, that's, I don't know why I've been more on kids lately because we've been losing a lot of kids um, and just people to suicide in general. So that's what I, that's really what I really want to push as a, um, nobody talk about the children of the person that, you know, commit suicide a lot of the time. And mm -hmm. I struggle with it a lot. And it, it put a strain on some relationships I have, even with my, my brothers and sisters and stuff like that, because it's, I'm, I think I'm in the stage with that and to be totally transparent, kind of like in the angry stage now. At 32, as a kid, I was in love. I was just missing my dad. And when I got older, I started understanding and getting a feel, I'm in like the, the angry stage of it to where I understand, but I, I still don't understand. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, and that's the journey I'm on now, even to just let people know out there. And it's something like, to this day, I still don't like talking about. And yeah. it'll never be okay with me, but it's a part of my healing to discuss it and be open about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's, I think it's just such a great, um, you know, it's a, it's a great example for others to follow just how open you are. And, you know, like you said, it's not easy and it's not something that you're, you know, like super excited to like, okay, I can't wait to like share my feelings and talk about this, but right. in a way it's healing as well for you to do that. And I think it gives others the chance to understand like, I'm not by myself. I'm not the only one struggling with something, even if it's not that specific thing. But I think it also n normalizes it a little bit more for other people. Like, okay, well, that's good to know. I, I didn't know anyone before that had gone through this, but really I did. I just didn't know that they were going through it. So I think there's that aspect to it too, where you're also kind of normalizing these conversations to happen to maybe someone that hears you goes, talks to their friends about something that's bothering them and starts a whole conversation of like all these things that now they have that space they're creating with each other. So I, I appreciate how vulnerable and open you are and, and 
knowing that it's not, you know, super easy to just come on and talk about this kind of stuff. So I really appreciate that. And I think it's, again, just like a great example for others that like, if you can, and you feel comfortable, you know, do share what you're comfortable sharing, because it can help people, it really can open the door to more conversations for for people to start. So I, I appreciate it. And we'll definitely make sure people can come support and as you get the nonprofit going like people can can be supporting that way but you know anything coming up this month that you want people to be looking out for more posts more more, more um, insights more, more more posts of course and uh, I'm going to be speaking with um Dr. my mind is going blank right now we was on a panel together uh we're going to do like an assessment of basically how to get a therapist and like just oh, do cool. a, a little interview like this and like the questions that should be asked and stuff like that but this month i'm also putting together like a um yoga yoga stretch and meditate release um community day it's probably three four hours on may 27th just invite people to do yoga meditate and then have a mental health discussion just in a gym, in a rec center um, out here that I'd be working with, and just inviting kids, uh, adults, uh, uh, everybody's invited, and we'll be able to do yoga for an hour, meditate, and then have mental health check-in discussion. So awesome. that's, and then I have a combine coming up June 17th and basketball 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 <laughs> <laughs> just a season. few things right yeah just a few things nba season has started so i'll be at a lot of games yeah awesome well april thank you for so much time i mean this was fantastic it's always a pleasure to chat and thank you for for always being so willing to share and I really encourage everyone watching and watching later to go follow you on Instagram. We'll make sure the handles are with this, uh, with this post that we share. Um, and you know, if you're interested in some shirts that have hidden messages, multiple hidden messages around mental health, April's your girl. Thank you. <laughs> She's got loads of stuff. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So appreciate all your time. And uh, yeah, we'll make sure to direct people to get in touch with you and, and share and, um, yeah, we just appreciate all your support. Thank you, for, and so, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you always. Oh, of course. You know, it's always a pleasure. And uh, I know you are uh, got a lot going on, but we appreciate you carving out some time to chat. So, yeah. Thanks again, April. This all was right. great. Thank you. Good seeing you. Yeah, you too. Talk to Bye. you later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Time Out with Tackle What's Next. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you learned a lot from our awesome guest. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we can reach even more incredible listeners. And be sure to share with a friend who you think would love this conversation. A huge thank you to Tegan Garcia Boname and Rachel Stone from Team Tackle What's Next for their help editing this series. We'll see you next time for another Time Out with Tackle What's Next.